Welcome. You're listening to Blood Advances Talks. Blood Advances Talks are scholarly review articles that are presented in an audio format and published in the American Society of Hematology's open access journal, Blood Advances. Transcripts for Blood Advances Talks undergo the same rigorous peer review process as all articles published in Blood Advances and can be downloaded by visiting bloodadvances.org. We thank you for listening. My name is Alex Spiropoulos. I'm from the Feinstein Institutes for Medical Research in the Donald and Barbara Zucker School of Medicine at Hofstra Northwell and Department of Medicine, Anticoagulation and Clinical Thrombosis Services, Northwell Health at Lenox Hill Hospital, New York, New York in the United States. The title of my talk today is the management of venous thromboembolism in hospitalized patients with COVID-19. I have no relevant conflicts of interest to declare. The high incidence of thromboembolic disease and in particular venous thromboembolism or VTE has emerged as an important consideration in hospitalized and critically ill patients with coronavirus disease 2019, otherwise known as COVID-19. The coagulopathy of COVID-19 is postulated to result from interactions of the inflammatory and immune systems with the coagulation system, manifesting as a cytokine storm associated with hyperinflammation and coagulation and platelet activation. Unique characteristics of VTE in hospitalized and critically ill COVID-19 patients include the high incidence of VTE and especially pulmonary embolism when compared to historical controls. The finding of in situ pulmonary embolism associated with microthrombi that suggest a thrombotic microangiopathic process in addition to classic macrovessel disease, and most importantly from a clinical perspective, the unusually high rate of VTE that has been reported despite standard thromboprophylaxis. This raises the possibility that intermediate or weight-based heparin dosing may be more effective than fixed dosing for thromboprophylaxis in high-risk subsets of hospitalized COVID-19 patients. There have been a number of guidance statements focusing on the management of VTE in hospitalized and critically ill patients with COVID-19, including the most recent statement by the Scientific and Standardization Committee of the International Society of Thrombosis and Hemostasis that includes comprehensive guidance on the diagnosis, prevention, and treatment of VTE in this patient population. Ongoing randomized trials that address key clinical questions especially more intense thromboprophylactic strategies and novel antithrombotic approaches have potential to reduce the morbidity and mortality from VTE in hospitalized and critically ill COVID-19 patients. By way of introduction, an important consideration that has emerged in the management of hospitalized patients with severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 or SARS-CoV-2 infection is the development of thromboembolic disease and in particular venous thromboembolism or VTE. Reports by healthcare centers that have treated large numbers of patients as part of the novel coronavirus disease of 2019 or COVID-19 pandemic have suggested a high incidence of both deep vein thrombosis or DVT and pulmonary embolism or PE, especially in critically ill patients. 
This high rate of VTE is consistent with what has been reported in critically ill patients with pneumonias caused by other viruses, including H1N1 and SARS, that demonstrate an over 18-fold higher risk of VTE compared to control patients. COVID-19 is associated with a coagulopathy characterized by mild thrombocytopenia, platelet counts of 100 to 150,000, elevated levels of D-dimer, greater than six times the upper limit of normal, high levels of fibrinogen and factor VIII, and slight prolongation of the prothrombin time at approximately three seconds. It is postulated that either the SARS-CoV-2 infection itself or the cytokine storm produced by hyperinflation and resulting platelet activation induces a prothrombotic state. And these markers of inflammation and coagulopathy have been associated with morbidity and increased mortality in hospitalized COVID-19 patients. This hypercoagulable state may explain the high rate of VTE reported in COVID-19 patients despite anticoagulant thromboprophylaxis, as well as high rates of arterial thromboembolic events such as myocardial infarction, ischemic stroke, and peripheral arterial embolism. There are key unique characteristics of VTE in hospitalized and especially critically ill patients with COVID-19 disease. First, the frequent finding of very elevated D-dimers greater than six times the upper limit of normal in hospitalized COVID-19 patients may prompt an aggressive diagnostic and treatment approach without objectively verified VT events despite the controversy that an elevated D-dimer may not be a reliable predictor of VTE in this population, but rather a marker of the cytokine storm seen in patients with severe disease associated with a poor outcome. Second, the rates of VTE described by multiple cohort studies are anywhere from two to tenfold higher in those with COVID-19 than in those without the disease using similar cohorts, including critically ill patients with acute respiratory distress syndrome. This is particularly impressive for the high rates of PE seen in critically ill COVID-19 patients, where there may be less bias from systematic screening and ascertainment of more clinically important events compared with results found by screening ultrasonography for lower extremity DVT. Third, an in situ mechanism for PE in critically ill COVID-19 patients in addition to classical thromboembolic mechanisms, has been proposed based on autopsy reports, which found an unusually high degree of microthrombi in the lung arteries, suggesting a thrombotic microangiopathic process. Fourth, although COVID-19-specific data is lacking, high-quality data has shown that the risk of hospital-associated VTE extends for up to six weeks post-hospital discharge in high VTE-risk medically ill patients, including those with pneumonia, sepsis, and any condition requiring management in an ICU setting. In selected populations at high VTE risk and low bleed risk, based on key risk factors, including elevated D-dimers, or risk models for thrombosis and bleeding, extended duration thromboprophylaxis for approximately four weeks with a direct oral anticoagulant or DOAC, such as rivaroxaban or batrixaban, provides a net clinical benefit by reducing VT risk without incurring a significant increase in the risk of major bleeding. This may have important implications in hospitalized patients with COVID-19 disease. Lastly, and perhaps the clinically most important manifestation is the unusually high rate of VTE 
in hospitalized COVID-19 patients that has been reported despite standard thromboprophylaxis with unfractionated heparin or low molecular weight heparin, raising the possibility that intermediate or weight-based heparin dosing may be more effective than fixed dosing for thromboprophylaxis in this high-risk patient population. There have been a number of guidance statements focusing on the management of cardiovascular disease, including VTE, in hospitalized and critically ill patients with COVID-19. The most recent statement by the Scientific and Standardization Committee of the International Society of Thrombosis and Hemostasis includes comprehensive guidance on the diagnosis, prevention, and treatment of VTE in this difficult and sick patient population. The authors included a multidisciplinary panel of experts in thrombosis and hemostasis using a standardized and independently administered survey to produce consensus statements. The summary of these guidance statements are provided below. For the diagnosis of VTE in hospitalized COVID-19 patients, A, practitioners should use standard of care objective testing, CTPA scans, VQ scan, MR, venography, Doppler ultrasonography, to diagnose VTE based on clinical index of suspicion. A pragmatic approach, such as using point-of-scare bedside ultrasonography or echocardiography, can also be combined with standard-of-care objective testing. B, routine screening for VTE using bedside Doppler ultrasonography of the lower extremities or based on elevated D-dimer levels is not recommended. For VT prophylaxis in non-ICU hospitalized COVID-19 patients, A, a universal strategy of routine thromboprophylaxis with standard dose unfractionated heparin or loam liquid heparin should be used after careful assessment of bleed risk with loam liquid heparin as a preferred agent. Intermediate dose loam liquid heparin can also be considered. B, VT prophylaxis recommendations should be modified based on extremes of body weight severe thrombocytopenia, i.e. platelet counts of 50,000 or 25,000 or less, or deteriorating renal function. For VT prophylaxis in sick ICU hospitalized COVID-19 patients, A, routine thromboprophylaxis with prophylactic dose on fractured heparin or loam liquid heparin should be used after careful assessment of bleed risk Intermediate dose loam liquid heparin can also be considered in high-risk patients. Patients with obesity, as defined by actual body weight or BMI, should be considered for a 50% increase in the dose of thromboprophylaxis. Treatment dose heparin should not be considered for primary prevention until the results of randomized controlled trials are available. B. Multimodal thromboprophylaxis with mechanical methods, i.e. intermittent pneumatic compression devices, can be considered. For the duration of VT prophylaxis for hospitalized COVID-19 patients, A, either loam liquid heparin or direct oral anticoagulants such as rivaroxaban or batrixaban can be used for extended duration thromboprophylaxis. B, extended post-discharge thromboprophylaxis should be considered for all hospitalized patients with COVID-19 that meet high VTE risk criteria. The duration of post-discharge thromboprophylaxis should be approximately 14 days and up to 30 days. For VT treatment in hospitalized COVID-19 patients, A, 
Established guidelines should be used to treat patients with confirmed VTE with advantages of loam liquid heparin in patient setting and DOAX in the post-hospital discharge setting. A change from treatment dose DOAC or vitamin K antagonist to in-hospital loam liquid heparin should be considered especially for patients in critical care settings or with relevant concomitant medications and dependent on renal function and platelet count. Anticoagulant regimens should not be changed based solely on D-dimer levels. B, a change of anticoagulant regimen, such as from prophylactic or intermediate dose to treatment dose regimens, may be considered in patients without established BTE, but deteriorating pulmonary status or acute respiratory distress syndrome. And C, the duration of treatment should be at least three months. For some future considerations, COVID-19 is emerging as a highly contagious disease that has coagulopathic manifestations in hospitalized and critically ill patients that appear to have unique characteristics mediated by immune-dependent, cytokine-dependent, and coagulation-dependent processes leading to a heightened thrombotic state. There is an urgent need for high-quality data, especially from large outcome studies and prospective registries that include both the hospital and immediate post-hospital discharge period using a coordinated effort by hospitals, healthcare funding agencies, professional societies, and organizations dedicated to thrombotic disorders. There are ongoing randomized trials that address key clinical questions, especially whether more intense thromboprophylactic strategies improve morbidity and mortality in hospitalized COVID-19 patients and the effect of anticoagulation on outcomes in critically ill COVID-19 patients. Lastly, there's a need for novel antithrombotic approaches, including the role of immunomodulatory agents, contact pathway inhibitors, hemostatic modulators, and dual pathway inhibition with anticoagulant and antiplatelet therapy in the management of COVID-19-associated coagulopathy. The insights from these studies will be essential in understanding the pathogenesis of immunothrombosis and the management of VTE in hospitalized and critically ill patients with COVID-19 disease. You've been listening to Blood Advances Talks. Please visit bloodadvances.org for more audio reviews and for information on how to subscribe to the Blood Advances Talks podcast. A full transcript of this podcast can be found online. Music for Blood Advances Talks was performed by the Art Topolo Trio and provided by Dr. Art Topolo. This presentation is copyrighted by the American Society of Hematology. We thank you for listening.